Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Happy Mother's Day to my mom and all the moms out there balancing art and family. On today's show, Rebecca interviews Michael Geddes, an Irish artist who produces extremely intricate drawings based on microscopic observations. He discusses the specialized equipment he uses, his methods, and what inspires his work. Without further ado, here's Rebecca Kroll. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio, Ireland edition. I'm here with Michael Geddes, and um, we are both in residence at Bowen Glen Arts Foundation in Ballycastle, County Mayo. And Michael is a visual artist focused on drawing. It's a very interesting um, other aspects to his work, I think, that we'll talk about. So welcome, Michael. Thank you. And um, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Okay, well, I was uh, born in Belfast and brought up for the first part of my life in Dublin and then moved back north of Ireland to um, a little place called Donoghadee, which is a small seaside town with a, a harbour and some fishing boats. Oh, nice. And how long have you lived there? Uh, about 30 years in oh, total. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. And um, how did you first come to Ballon Glen? Well, I came here in 2016 with a, a bursary from our local council for uh, a two-week taster mm -hmm. of what Ballon Glen had to offer. And two weeks was not enough. No. Clearly. <laughs> no. So you're back again for how long this time? Six weeks. Six weeks. Yes. So you have the, the full fellowship. Yes. And um, midway through now, more or less? Just over halfway, sadly. Yes, I know. Once you pass that halfway point, it's like reality sets back in a little bit. But So you have been working um, basically on a single drawing the whole time. Is that right? Well, in between... Um, uh, journeying around the beautiful yes. surroundings, so yes. I try, I try to get a session a day where I'm out on the road, photographing, or taking samples of things to look at, back in my studio under my microscope, and those are the sorts of things that inspire my drawings. Right. So that I think that's the very interesting and unique aspect of your work. It starts with looking under a microscope at things. Yeah. And um, I noticed in your studio you had made slides of things like bits of seaweed and a feather and sand. And um, so how does it go from there once you have observed what you see? OK, well, if it's something new, um, what I do to get new shapes and patterns into my memory is to use my sketchbook. And it's not preparatory in the sense that I make a sketch and then open my sketchbook and translate that into a drawing. The sketchbook is simply to get it. It's the act of rehearsal right. of the marks and shapes and patterns that I like the best out of the thing that I've observed. Mm -hmm. So I don't do a literal, accurate drawing of the thing I've observed. I take out of it the patterns that mm -hmm. delight me the most. And so you're you're developing a visual language that is basically abstract, yes. but you're basing it on this uh, close observation. 
Yes, like I think somebody with a bike background and like microscopy who's familiar with looking at tissues and things under a microscope would recognise my drawings but would say that they're they're not quite right, they're not quite accurate, <laughs> but they're not supposed to be exactly. accurate uh, illustrations. They're, really, it's the work reflects my delight in the beauty of natural shapes and forms. And so, at Bell and Glen, you told me you've spent about 200 hours so far Yes, on this uh, drawing that you're doing, and... I don't know how big it is. It's. I mean, I've seen it, but yeah. it's maybe two feet square or something. It's some. 50 centimetres by 50 centimetres, but it's quite intensively detailed. It's very, very yeah. detailed and done with, the, at times at least, the very tiniest pencil yes. point that you can yes. imagine, a it's, mechanical it's, pencil. It's a, a pencil I imported from Japan, and it's not 0.2 of a millimetre. But then I point that down by rubbing it on the page to a tenth of that. So it's pretty fine mark. So the most intensive areas of pattern, I'm probably working at about 200 dots per inch, uh, similar to a high resolution image. It's it's absolutely (laughs) amazing to have watched it since the time I've been here. You know, it grows from one corner out. It's not planned particularly i mean yeah. it seems to be very intuitive it is. drawing on these uh images in your head yes and just it's like you're creating this very interesting territory uh-huh. and um and it is a very delicate operation yes well, <laughs> you that's don't want true. to sneeze or anything that's true <laughs> it's like an operating theater this the mm-hmm. the studio uh I'm very fussy about any dirt yes, or anything that could... It'd have could, to be. Yes. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing that makes it a bit like a, an operating theatre is I wear microsurgeon's loops. Yes. Um, which I can wear all day comfortably and I can work in great detail without getting eye strain right. with um, this specialist bit of equipment. So those are special lenses that fit over your glasses. They're, 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 they're exactly the same same they they are uh, hospital equipment really appropriated by me for my artistic practice so if you were to go into to accident and emergency with a cut nerve in your finger that's what the guy stitching uh-huh. it up would be wearing there actually are they are actually are surgical optical loops uh, very high quality German optics with no distortion wow. so you get a very clear enlargement and it's very easy on your eyes. Do you use them to look at things when you're out in the field or only in your studio? S- sometimes the specimens that I bring back, I look at with yeah. them as well as a microscope. Um, but it's mainly to do the drawings, to get yeah. to get the detail without getting eye strain. Uh, now, with the loops, I could go beyond what someone with normal eyesight could see. But I don't see any point in doing that. What it enables me to do is to put drawings, marks at the limits of normal eyesight, mm-hmm. um, uh, but to do so comfortably without causing yeah. myself eye problems. And, you know, the first time I walked in your studio here, I thought, have I stumbled into, you know, a laboratory? Yes. Because there are... Um, all kinds of scientific equipment yes. lying around and a microscope and samples and jars of soils and yes. all kinds of things. And so 
the drawing that you've been working on mostly, um, taking most of your time, I would say, yes. and, and long hours, Yes, um, that's part of what you do. But yes. then there's this... Tell us about what you do with, with the soil samples. Yes, there's a, there is a mad scientist element to my <laughs> practice, I confess. You, you've got me. Um, well, this, what the soil's about is I recently got Arts Council of Northern Ireland funding who paid for my microscope and also some specialist chemi chemical reagents and chemistry apparatus, which allows me to um, uh, take a soil sample and extract the natural pigments from it mm. um, and then make my own inks out of that. So what I do is I observe the soil under a microscope, I extract the natural pigment from it to make ink and I draw what I've observed or my interpretation of what I've observed and my response using the essence the of the ink. soil. So so that's an interesting conceptual loop there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um so, uh, and are you planning to do that while you're here? Yes, I once, because of my neurosis of getting any dirt stain, speck of dirt right. on my drawing, um, and the potential for that to be a little bit messy, because um, part of the process for... Uh, extraction pigment from the soil is you have to dry it and then you have to break it up with a pestle and mortar and that generates a very fine dust that can go anywhere and I don't want it on my drawing. <laughs> do not, you do not. <laughs> so uh, so I am actually itching to get at the soil sample because the other interesting thing I've discovered in extracting natural pigments from some soil samples I took in Northern Ireland is that as a happy accident you get these amazing crystalline structures oh. in the pigment which are quite beautiful to look at under the microscope so as that's, well. that's what you would uh, look at for your inspiration in drawing yes. those structures that yes. you see in the, in the microscope. Yes. That that and the soil structure itself what, is quite beautiful. What are what what are unusual colours that you would get from the soil? I mean, are they're not all brown, are they? No, um I've got some green out, but it's not light sensitive. It's basically chlorophyll and it's in some of the bacteria. So if you add acetone to soil, it uh breaks down the cell uh, membranes for those cells and just releases the chlorophyll. But it's not light fast, oh. so I'm going to have to work out a mordant, and I'm probably going to work on silk with some of the green pigment. Mm. There's also the the predominant pigment is a kind of a browny color, and it's different forms of what you call humidic acid, mm -hmm. and um, it comes in a range of tones from a sort of a a light brown to a reddy brown to kind of a a burnt orange. Um, so. That's crudely what I can extract, but I'm hoping I can do a little bit of chromatography to separate the constituent um, pigments that go to make that reddy brown colour. You know, it's kind of like a secondary colour made up of of a few primaries. So, so that's down the line. The project is developing. Wow! So ex exciting scope ahead to <laughs> do new things with the soil. 
So, so probably anybody listening to this by this time is thinking, okay, this guy has got to be a scientist. I mean, yes, you have the scientific brain, and so uh, you did uh, have uh, you did start as a veterinarian. Yes, second confession of the interview. <laughs> I worked for twenty five years as a veterinary surgeon in Ireland and um, and in England as well. So and so that that interest and that background is clearly part of what you're doing now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I suppose I have over those years, I've absorbed uh, a scientific methodology, which is second nature. Yes. Uh, so I think that bleeds across to my artistic practice. Um, but the fun thing about art is that you have these hap- happy accidents, these unplanned things that are annoyances often in science but they're just fun when you're making art. Ah, yeah. I mean, they're, as as intricate as your work is, there's also a freedom to it, which is mm-hmm. lovely, because you just, you know, like I said, you start at one side of the drawing and you work across, yes. and it it changes, and it, you know, you're making decisions all yes. the time and playing around, you're playing around with it, you know, as you yes. go. And um, maybe turning it sometimes, or seeing yes. it in different ways, and so and we'll put um, on the Messy Studio Facebook page. We'll put a link to Michael's website, and um, maybe I can get a photo of the the one you're working on yes. now before I leave I, I in a few so. days. <laughs> I hope so. It might even be done in a well, few days. I hope so. It another <laughs> another ten, twenty, thirty hours would maybe right. finish it. I hope so. And another thing that you do, which is, I think, a very interesting art practice, is that you collaborate on some pieces. Yes. And you collaborate with Joanna Kidney, who is uh, was one of our guests on an, an earlier uh, episode of The Messy Studio. So there's a link there, because uh, you met at Ballon Glen, mm-hmm. and you decided to collaborate on a series of drawings. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I met Joanna uh, two years ago when I was here for the fortnight and we spent uh, a rainy afternoon walking around Benway Head learning about each other's practice and the upshot of that protracted conversation in the wet was um, we, we saw a connection between what what each of us were doing, the, the relationship to science, and Joanna proposed that we explore some collaboration. Um, what would you say was was the thing that you recognised in common? The, they, the starting point? They, well, I suppose the, the, the thing in common is the starting point. Joanna's work is prompted by science, although her, her, her treatment... An approach would probably be looser than mine um, in that it's not necessary for her work for it to be a totally accurate interpretation of the science, but merely her gut response, her reaction mm-hmm. to the science. It's a starting, it's a it's jumping a, off point. It, it is, yeah. it, it is. And mine is the same, as I said. My, my delight is in the beauty of natural patterns and structures I'm just blown away mm-hmm. with the beauty and I find microscopic things particularly inspiring because they are so tiny 
but yet they are so complex and so delicate mm-hmm. and so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Um, so my starting point, my prompt is uh, is science as well, the, the, the images of science. Mm-hmm. And more recently with my own microscope, my own source images of science. Right. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. So in this collaborative project, you were passing drawings back and forth through the through the mail yes and you would each work on was it just one at a time or several they, they, came, they came in little families oh. little family groups okay of uh like the biggest parcel would have been about 30 or 40 drawings at a time oh, oh i see um, oh. and they, they ranged to um uh just pencil and paper and then some of them were wax and crayon and oil paint along with ink pen and graphite although I tend to stay away from colour it doesn't really come into my own individual practice so much because I really find it's a distraction it's the shapes and forms and the beauty of the shapes and forms that float my boat I find colour is a distraction to that for my practice and I'm not that comfortable even in the collaboration but I'm very happy for Joanna will introduce colour in in the medias and in collage pieces and it kind of works together yeah, yeah I mean I can imagine you've if you started with one of your very intricate drawings and you send it off among others to Joanna and it comes back with a uh, oil paint and wax and colour on it, you know, uh, that's really challenging, isn't it? It, it? it is, but it has to be embraced as part of the project. Yeah. And it, I suppose over the past two or three years is about building up um, a, a trust for each other. You know, mm-hmm. we, we together take risks. We try new things. We want the work that we make together to be something different, quite different to what we would make individually. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a synergism between our different methodologies. And I think think any collaboration um, has that effect. You know, and I I guess in my own experience, it would be working on the book that I wrote with Jerry McLaughlin. And, you know, we'd each come up with an idea and then somehow together it would become a bigger idea yes and it's it's exciting because um you do need to be open to what the other person suggests and um you see it become more than either one of you and that's 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 exciting yeah i think too something that was interesting for the project is it wasn't really until two years into it that the conversation was other than visual. We didn't actually discuss or talk about what we were doing. We agreed the grind rules in the start, which was basically anything goes, except we want the work to be on paper, any medium, Mm -hmm. uh, but totally open-ended. And really it was entirely a visual conversation with each other, responding to each other's marks and not saying at the outset if we thought something was good, bad, or indifferent, mm-hmm. but just batting it back and forward yeah. uh, between us. How did you know? How did you decide when it was done? Would one of you say, "I think it's done"? Y- yes, we, we we allowed for each of us if we came to a point. And what was really quite remarkable was that we ninety five percent or more agreed 
when a drawing was done, yeah. either done and what we described as a dead ender, in other words, nothing that we would ever think of exhibiting, but <laughs> a useful learning piece. Yes. So we had a family of dead enders that we learnt a lot from, and we realised they were they were done, they were dead, and there was no <laughs> point in poking them any further with pencils. And, and equally, there were strong pieces that we both recognised. Yeah, those yeah. those are really working. And it was really interesting before Christmas last year to eventually have the conversation and the high degree of agreement Mm -hmm. between us was really quite amazing. So at that point you sat down together and looked at everything and just talked about it and how it went. We did and we, we, um, I suppose the scientific methodology came in for me and... uh, Joanna's tolerance as well. We we went through quite methodically and also categorised them into different families. Uh And the dead-enders, we we, we listed the characteristics of dead-enders, what made a dead-ender a dead-ender, and and wrote a description of that. That's how it got to be there. And equally the strong ones, what was it that defined a strong drawing? Um, I think you must have learned so much. I mean, just uh, that description of going through that process with another person about work that you shared, I just think would be so, you would learn so much about the work that you do individually as well. I think that's, I think there's been a big spillover mm -hmm. to my practice. I mean, Joanna would have to speak for herself, but I know um, working with Joanna and you're talking over 200 pieces it has a big spillover because yeah. uh, her methodology for drawing is much looser very spontaneous right. um, yeah. where, where, whereas mine as you know is quite tightly controlled <laughs> and a little bit obsessive <laughs> and ritualistic <laughs> if I'm honest um, yeah so so there were all these drawings and then something awful happened, and Joanna had a fire in her studio. Yeah. And were all of those drawings then lost in that fire? Sadly, most of them were were uh, caught in the fire, yeah. And yet, this project goes on. Yes. And uh, both of you lost work. Joanna yes. lost her entire studio, yes. but you lost work as well. Yes. And you have uh, picked yourselves up and said, yes. onward. Yes, a, ma- a minor setback, I think, really, in the <laughs> scheme of things. And the thing is, the process was so important. Yeah. You know, in many ways, I would argue the process that we, and learning process that we went through together is more important than the drawings. And we have images mm-hmm. of those. And I think already in the more recent work that we've been doing together, um, you know, I think we're working together better. We have a better understanding of each other's mark making and each other's position. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're back into the project with yeah. Gusto and looking forward to uh, exhibiting some work sometime next year, probably. And I think, you know, maybe for the two of you, because you've been involved in this together, um, you know, sometimes when, when times are hard and if you have somebody who's gone through it with you, it's a help, right? I mean, yes. you can encourage each other to say, yes. let's keep going. Yes. And um, and maybe, you know, what you're doing now is 
is at another level. And so in the end, if you were having an exhibit, it might have been the more me- recent work anyway, right? Yes. So, um, but I think that's, it's, you know, really wise, but I'm sure difficult to say uh, that's the past now we're yes. moving on. So, and yes. um yeah, I just think that's a very interesting and inspiring story, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, so aside from the work that you've done with Joanna and the um, soil sample experiments mm-hmm. and the um, thing that you're working on now, the drawing, any other projects or plans that you have going forward? Well, I'm doing uh, a couple of other collaborative projects Um one of them is with um, a, a university lecturer who taught me when I was at art college in Belfast, uh-huh. Dor- Doris Rower, and one of her colleagues, Maura McIver, and we're doing a project looking at um, uh, botanic gardens and oh. the weird and wonderful plants that reside in them. And Maura is a photographer, so she's going to have a photo- photographic response. And Maura, um, uh, Doris is a like me as a drawer. So we're both going to uh, do some drawings in response mm. to some field visits to um, two or three special gardens. One was Mount Stewart. Another one was the Botanic Gardens in Dublin. Mm. And then um, a special gardens near Bally Galley in County Antrim with some very rare uh, plants in it. Mm. So and do you... Do you picture your process with that being similar, where you would yes. be taking samples and yep. looking at them under the microscope? Um, so? Well, so far it's been, the sampling has been done by photography because of the mm, mm-hmm. the pressure of time. Ideally, you would like to just sit there and sketch directly, but you can't kind of camp in the Botanic Gardens in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think? <laughs> no, I think they might object. So, um, so the, the process is, what I photographed was plants that look kind of like aliens with oh. weird shapes. The flower stamens in particular um, really f- appeal to me. The yeah. structures and the lines, the shapes and the forms. Some of them looked like microscopic things, even though they were macroscopic. Uh-huh. So I've already filled half a sketchbook with drawings, which are they're not finished work. They're my methodology of getting shapes and forms into my mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. And I, what I found um, since I graduated is that it's actually beneficial to let those things swim around in the unconscious part of your brain for a while mm-hmm. and then set about a response and drawing and seeing what comes out when it's been assorted and assimilated by your brain. Right, right. I, I can... I can well understand that process, and mm-hmm. again, a kind of the idea of developing your own language, and mm-hmm. um, which which often does come through uh, familiarity with a subject in a realistic sense. Yes, and that's something you know. When I when I teach students about abstraction, I often do encourage um, observation of reality because yes. that's where we get uh, a language. Yes. That is meaningful, and and it has structure, and it has uh, something that resonates with people. I think yes. so. Um, uh, and so again, a collaborative project with these uh, two other women. Yes, and um, that's a. I, I I wonder if 
it just occurred to me, but, you know, being in the past, being a veterinarian, certainly there was a lot of uh, collaborative collaboration in that world, wasn't yes. there? Yeah. Yes. So it's always you, been... You often worked in teams. Yeah. 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 So it's um, a different um, openness, I think, than a lot of artists uh-huh. are very... Um, you know, don't go outside their own particular yes. uh, work. And it's, um, I think, challenging to to let down those barriers yes. and, and be vulnerable in a way to somebody else's reaction. That, um, But I, but the way someone else sees or thinks is, yes. is very interesting and informative. So yes. I think it's all a, a pretty rich mixture you have going <laughs> here. <laughs> so, and do you have... Um, any um, exhibitions or anything planned, or? Well, well, at the moment, um, I have a a large drawing uh, which would be a four foot by four foot, um, which was purchased last year for our collection of art in the civil service oh. in the north of Ireland, um, and uh, it was in an exhibition, a travelling exhibition called the Space Between. Um, uh, and what that was, was a north-south exhibition from the collection belonging to the civil service in the north and the equivalent in the south. The south uh, of Ireland. South yeah. of Ireland. Yeah. They um, they got a group of students who picked 30 pieces out of both collections. Mm. And I was delighted to have one of my drawings yeah. that had just been bought um, included in that selection. Yeah, and I had the, I had the joy of seeing it um, exhibited in the um, in uh, the Parliament buildings up at Stormont, where the politicians are often interviewed uh-huh. in recent <laughs> times. Um, so the uh, at the moment it's in a, a gallery in Longford, um, and was also shown in Antrim Castle and the Porrick Pierce uh, Museum in Rathfarnham in Dublin. Excellent. Um, so that was quite well, exciting. Yes. It was nice to see my work and yes. in lovely surroundings. And is it of the same in- intricacy as what you're it, doing? It was pre-loops, so it was as detailed as I was able to go. Oh, before you with, had the, with, without the, the special loops, glasses, yeah, without yeah. hurting my eyes. I see. So with the loops, I suppose really what I've done is compressed at least the same number of marks into <laughs> into a much smaller area right, right. It, it's been condensed down same number of marks but just much less paper so one last thing i wanted to ask you about was the and and i had this was one of my first reactions when i saw your work and you mentioned it a while back was was the microcosm and the macrocosm yes because uh, and I was looking at the drawing that you've been working on here, and in a way, you know, it reminds me of river valleys and things seen from a distance in yes. the landscape, uh, farm fields, all kinds of things come to mind, and yet also uh, the microscopic. Yes. And I think that's a, a really interesting aspect of your work. Uh-huh, thank you. Do you have any thoughts about that, or is that that's yes. part of your conscious plan? I think I think it is, although I don't know if it's if it's conscious. It's just the way it happens. I, I think in nature, our, our, yes, uh, and I think our brains too. We're very visual creatures, and I think the way we store memories of things we've seen doesn't distinguish 
on the basis of concept. Oh. It distinguishes on the basis of visual attributes. So satellite photography that has been seen, I believe, is stored in the same place that stuff you've seen down a microscope. It doesn't distinguish. Oh, it's that's very it's interesting. A, it's the visual yeah. characteristics that are uncommon. And whether it's micro or macro probably doesn't matter much to our brains uh, and the way we think visually. Yeah, right. And, and the way we connect. I yes. mean, it's a, a visceral thing, I think. To yes. Connect with yes. those things yes. that are part of us, yes. part of our own bodies, yes. part of what we see in the yes. landscape. And I think, too, in my work, the stuff that comes out intuitively, the stuff that comes to the fore is the stuff that when I first seen it, I've gone, wow, mm -hmm. that is so beautiful, whether it's micro or macro, mm -hmm. whether it's an aerial view of the Grand Canyon or a Nile Delta or liver cells or bone cells. It's that wow response, you yes. know, a, a gut response. Was, oh, that is incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And I think that is probably that emotional response is probably stored as well. And that's what comes out then to the fore when I'm doing an intuitive drawing it's it's I mean it's I suppose really in a sense my my work is a visual wow to things beautiful natural things that I've seen and delighted in and I've remembered when I'm making the drawing well that's that's interesting and wonderful and a good note to end on I think and give us all something to think about and uh, I think a lot of people uh, relate to that as well that are doing artwork so thank you so much michael well thanks for chatting to me rebecca it was a good conversation thank you well that about wraps up this episode of the messy studio you can find the messy studio on facebook as well as public profiles for both rebecca kroll and myself ross tickner make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment and a bit of sound advice. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you. Oh, that was relatively painless.